Hello, 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 my beauties and my bees. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Hashtag Wake Up to Wisdom, the podcast. And of course, you guys know it's me, your hostess with the mostess, Gigi. What's good? What's up? What's happening? So you guys, so much has happened. I feel like I start every podcast like this, but you know. I am who I am, true to form. But so much has happened. Um, One thing that I think I didn't mention yet to anyone is that, um, so I'm a bodybuilder. I do bikini fitness. Um, I just started this year. Something I've wanted to do from the time I was a teenager never really materialized until this year. And it has been a really beautiful journey. Lots of success for my goals, but also so many lessons, so many highs and lows in between. And so I thought that even for those of us who are not athletes, I'm sure some of you are tired of seeing my bodybuilding post. (laughs) But based on the amazing level of support that I received from my first show, especially, I wanted to share with you some of the lessons that I learned in true, being true to myself. You know how I am. I like to share the lessons, baby. And just enlighten you guys on some of the things that I've really been able to take away from this life-changing sport and from my prep processes. So I'll kind of go over a couple of things. And for those of us who struggle with our body image, body dysmorphia, things that I never even thought were realities for me, quite frankly, um, even just our fitness journeys, getting to our goals, there are some things I think that we could all really benefit from that I've definitely um, learned from and grown from as a woman and as an athlete. But I just think these are things that sort of travel across the channels of life on a whole and not just sports or fitness or health, but really are things that determine how successful we are in life, how much we get out of life and our quality of life. So without further ado, let's get into it. So the first lesson that I want to touch on is as much as we are willing to give to others, it is super important for us us to understand the value of the investment of giving time, energy, effort, and space, and a pause, and a break, and understanding, and compassion, and love, and forgiveness, and nourishment, and kindness to ourselves. I decided to start competing because of two things. One was my homegirl, Chloe, had messaged. She was like, there's nationals this year. You need to do it. I was like, oh, oh, do I? Okay, maybe. What is it? Is it real? Is it really a season? Is it going to happen? And two, the real deal maker was one day in my therapy sessions with my wonderfully enlightening and empowering therapist, I expressed that I had a really big challenge with giving to myself without feeling guilt or feeling selfish. And while theoretically and for all intents and purposes, I understood logically why I need to give back to myself and why I need to say no to people and why I cannot always be the one to show up for people. um, I just still felt the same emotions towards me doing the actions that were necessary. And I thought, well, what's the point of me saying no and then feeling guilt or or getting so much anxiety over something because I said no but I feel selfish and I'm judging myself and I told her that what I know about the process of bodybuilding and really becoming a champion because I'm extremely competitive and when I compete I'm competing to win um, obviously we don't always win or maybe the wins don't always feel like what we thought they would because that's a lesson too but 
essentially I'm competing to win. So in doing that, that means, you know, really throwing yourself into it and doing what needs to be done. So that said, what I decided to do is I decided to compete in these shows so that I could essentially give more of myself to myself because I realized I don't have a problem giving of myself to other people but I had a really really big problem with disconnecting that element of myself and being able to give back to my own self so I would say that this was truly one of the most valuable lessons I learned we a lot of times are afraid to say no to people based on different things you know i'm a very very big believer in the fact that our childhood has a major major impact on the way that we um, go about things as adults if you were raised in such a way that when you did things for yourself you were told that you were selfish or when you said no to people and didn't give them what they want their manipulation method or their lack of understanding allowed them to communicate with you in such a way that you felt like you were being mean or you were made to feel guilty or you were made to feel selfish. It's really, really hard when you're an adult to just give to yourself. You feel like, well, I'm not giving enough. And I also find it very true of people who are in service-oriented industries. So maybe you weren't raised like that at all, but you've spent 10 to 15 to 20 years or even five years, maybe even a year, right? I say a little more than a year usually though in a career where you are just constantly giving of yourself. That's a part of your job description. That's a part of your work ethic being um, exemplified properly. And for me, it became a habit. So like my job is very, very much service oriented. And I would go above and beyond to ridiculous levels. And I remember many years ago, a childhood friend of mine and I working um, on sets on a project for a photo shoot for a company for an organization and she I was like you know I like I just like to go above and beyond and she was like you're above above and beyond and like I don't even know why you would feel like you need to do that and it really stuck with me and it kind of rattled around in my brain for a long time because I never once processed the thought that I could just not do those things I would always feel like I wasn't doing enough I wouldn't be accepted I wouldn't be respected people would think I was shirking responsibilities but what was funny about that is those responsibilities weren't even mine so you're probably wondering okay well what does that have to do with your bodybuilding or your prep bodybuilding much like many sports I've done (laughs) that weren't team sports um well not many sports just much like track and field which has had a, a major impact on my life requires you to be selfish to a degree. When I say selfish, I don't mean unkind and heinous and disgusting. I mean, you have to consider yourself. You have to prepare meals for yourself. They must be, or they should really be spot on. You need to feed your body at certain times, regardless of what you're doing. You need to nourish yourself consistently because if you do not apply consistency, unless you have some miraculous genetics, chances are you're not going to see the results you want to see and it really is a definition of hard work is how you achieve success in this particular sport as with many others but I think what makes it so different is that there is such a meticulous distinct approach that one must have to achieve excellence in this sport that you can't skimp you have to focus on yourself to a degree And in having to do that, I realized I was sacrificing my health, 
a lot of things for other people. And in 2020, I really had an epiphany about all of this. But you know, when life starts back up, and you know, the reality of the rat race starts back up, you find yourself on that hamster wheel sometimes that you don't even want to be on. And I think just being on this has really shown me yet again, I mean, sometimes we have to learn these lessons multiple times till it really sticks, that it is okay to say no, that I cannot be all things for all people. And sometimes I cannot even be anything for some of these people. And it's not, don't get me wrong, like I'm very grateful for my clientele. I'm very, very grateful for my opportunities, for the um, jobs that I get to do for my daily career, the way that it funds my life. But I also realized that sometimes I sacrifice so much of like even my sanity, my peace, my, my, my gut health, you know, for people. And more importantly, and sadly, for people who have really no deeper interest in me than the service I can provide them. And they don't have to, but I have to have that interest in myself. And you have to have that interest in yourself. And I think for a lot of us, we we want things out of life. We want to commit to things, but we don't know how because we're so busy giving so much of ourselves to so many other people that we have no room, energy, or space left to give of ourselves to ourselves. And I think one of the best habits that we can create, and it will feel selfish at first if you're not accustomed to it, you will feel out of place. You will almost feel like you have imposter syndrome within your own self when you first start to do this. You will feel guilt. But just as that habit was created over time by our nurture rather than our nature, new habits can be created. And I think it's really important that moving forward, if you do struggle with this in the way that I did or in whatever way that you may struggle with it, learn to cultivate a habit of giving of yourself to yourself because it is so necessary that we care for ourselves in the way sometimes that we are more inclined to care for other people. If you saying no to someone else because you really are tired or you really are not feeling well causes them to act out and not respect you, then really and truly, beauties and bees, that's kind of on them. Think about it. How selfish can a person be that they have no compassion or understanding for the reality that you need a break or that you need some time or that you need a little bit of downtime, you need a moment to catch yourself and come to grips with a different truth a different reality, something that's going to feed and nourish you a bit more. I think that we have to think sometimes what kind of person really doesn't understand some of the things that we're asking of people that are really not big things at all. And sometimes too, unfortunately, people will ask things of us that are very valid and understandable, but we may not be in a space to give them what they need. And for me, I feel a lot of guilt when I cannot give people that kindness that they need at the particular time. But We are not the savior of everybody. We are not the savior of the world. And sometimes we're going to be able to do really beautiful things for people. And sometimes we won't have the capacity or the time or the financial um, standing to be able to give to people in the way that we want. And I think it's just so important for us to understand the value of giving of ourselves to ourselves. Okay, let's move on to point two, my beauties and beasts. So prep one was great. I was pretty, I got cranky and stuff sometimes. I was more emotional. I I compare preps to pregnancy because I I was just very emotional. 
Everything made me very happy. Everything made me tear up. I was like, oh my God, I'm so grateful. Thank you. Oh my God, the abundance. Thank you. <laughs> right? But prep two was, I don't want to say a nightmare, but I was really awful to myself. Everything felt so easy at first. And what I realized is, and I don't think it's just true for me, many of us are accustomed to thriving in shit. And when you are accustomed to thriving in shit and someone puts you in paradise, a lot of times it isn't easy to adapt. And I think that's something that's not spoken about enough. And maybe or maybe not, I'll do an entire podcast on this topic. We'll see by the end of the segment how I feel because I, I freehand this. I don't, I don't like, there are no notes for this one. I'm just speaking off the top of my head. When you are accustomed to living in shit, you don't know what to do with luxury. You don't know what to do with ease. You don't know what to do with gold when you're accustomed to tin. And maybe you've always wanted gold and maybe you've always wanted ease and luxury, but sometimes we don't know how to adapt to things when they're too easy. And that's something that I really found for myself. And what I noticed that I did subconsciously is I made a difficult situation for myself so that I could thrive because I know very well how to thrive in a crisis management situation or how to thrive in chaos. But I didn't know how to thrive in a lack thereof, in just normalcy and balance and peace and support. And I don't say that to knock anyone around me or say that everybody around me isn't supportive, but it was just something that I really realized. It's things that I've discussed in therapy, so I know it's not just in my head. And um, which is something I really love about therapy, bouncing ideas off of a person. You can just pay them. Hopefully they tell you the truth. I love that. But anyway, I created this like chaos around myself. And in doing so, I think I created some more problems that honestly, like I knew by the time I got into this next prep, which I'm into my third prep now to do the Caribbean and Central American games, I would be over it. But I just couldn't shake it in the moment. Like, it was weird. I don't even know. And I, and I know it's all in my mind because that's the only constraint. I mean, that and time. And time is still, in a sense, a concept created by man, right? So I was so down on myself. I found challenges that I didn't even need to find. But I also realized that what these challenges were based around were my insecurities and were sometimes narratives and rhetoric that had came from other people about me and I was like wow but look at me defining myself by other people's standards and if you followed me for a long time y'all know want to know say <laughs> one of my favorite favorite quotes is by Audre Lorde and it says if I didn't define myself honey for myself I would be crunched into other people's fantasies of me and eaten alive so I really had to check myself on this thing because I was like why are you being like this first of all I had awful body dysmorphia I thought that I was as big as a pin when I saw myself on stage I realized I'm I, my muscle bellies were like some of the fullest out there and I think this has a lot to do with how a lot of us see ourselves as human beings period yes mine was physical to a degree because it was also psychological but I don't need to go into that example I think you guys understand where I'm coming from but what we do with ourselves is we count ourselves out we underestimate ourselves on purpose for fear that we won't attain and achieve the success that we really really want to or we try to see ourselves as lesser than because we're afraid that if we see our full magic we'll be too cocky we'll be too self-righteous and maybe people won't accept us or maybe it'll create jealousy that we're not quite ready to deal with or envy that we're not quite ready to deal with and and and, and stand up to and i think sometimes we have a habit some of us some of the most beautiful people in the world, the greatest people in the world, the most brilliant people in the world are playing really, really, really small. And we play small so much that it becomes, again, habitual. There's, there's a pattern here, you guys. Habits. Habits make us who we are. That's the pattern. 
it becomes habitual and it becomes so habitual that we begin to see ourselves in the ways that other people have seen us. I've spoken about this before. This is called prophetic fallacy, if you're going to um, put it in sociological terms. And it is a very, very powerful thing. It is extremely important, the rhetoric and the narratives that we feed ourselves about ourselves. What happened to me after my first show is there was a lot of banter, a lot of talk. You know, sports are like this. There's always going to be shit talk. But you know what else is like this? Life careers, everything, okay, parenting, everything, relationships, there is always going to be someone who has very little knowing of your truth that is going to have very heavy opinions. And they will spread those opinions like wildfire, wildfire if they need to. Um, there's always going to be someone looking to put you down. There's always going to be someone who's envious of you and will feel a need to belittle you or demean you. We cannot be the person counting ourselves out. We cannot be the person constantly putting ourselves down. We need to understand that sometimes we've had many, many losing seasons or seasons that felt like they were full of chaos or contempt or discord or trauma or just they were just challenging. But it doesn't mean that life is going to be like that forever. So number one, I would say give yourself time to adjust to your winning season in life. In whatever regard, I'm not talking about sports. You could just have gotten the promotion you really wanted and be feeling that you didn't really deserve it. And maybe Jane Brown next to you, maybe, you know, maybe she deserved it. You be, you know what we do? When we achieve greatness, sometimes we suddenly begin to doubt ourselves as though we didn't put in all that hard work to get there, as if we were not the ones being consistent, being disciplined, staying motivated, putting in the time, the energy, the effort, the investment. And we say, you know, it's all of a sudden we're like, oh, well, maybe this person would have done better for real because now I'm here. I don't know what to do. It's almost like we have stage fright for the goals that we really, really strive to achieve and attain. And it's so important that we don't count ourselves out or we don't deem ourselves too small for roles that we work so, so, so damn hard to fulfill and to manifest and to step into. Sometimes the glass ceiling is our mindset and it has nothing to do with anybody else. Sometimes everyone else believes in us or the majority believe in us. And instead of us also believing in ourselves, we begin to doubt ourselves because it's as if we get stage fright for the moment that we've waited and worked so hard for. I feel like that happened to me. I feel like it was a little surreal, actually extremely surreal, the the response I got. And I didn't know what to do with it. I really, really didn't. In fact, I found um, that while I was so grateful and like mesmerized by the appreciation and the support, it was also distracting because I, I just, I didn't know how to respond to that. Um, in other situations I've been in in life where people celebrated me, I honestly became quite reclusive for a moment <laughs> so that I could catch myself. And this time I didn't have time to do that. So that's something that I think we have to be very aware of and just to really bring it back home so I drive it home the point and zero in on it is that we don't need to be our own glass ceiling. We don't need to be the person within ourselves who is making ourselves play small because suddenly we are afraid of our own greatness or our own potential or the reality that we've actually worked so hard to achieve, right? And we have to trust the process. And that's going to be the next part of this. So let's get into it. So (laughs) I am easily one of the most, 
how do I say this? I just had the exact words in my mind and then they just escaped me. But I am a person who processes a lot, very quickly and at the same time. And I sit down and I think out situations and I, I, sometimes I feel like I don't trust myself, but I really subconsciously I trust myself a hell of a lot. Because if ever I feel like I'm going into a situation and I haven't covered all my bases, you can bet your bottom dollar that I have anxiety on a normal day, but I got triple, dipple, deducible anxiety on those days or in those situations. So I am not accustomed to trusting other people's processes because I am accustomed to getting things done myself. I have always valued being independent. I am learning that that hyper independence has a lot to do with some things that I really do need to work on. Um, I've, I've been not great at letting a lot of people in and trusting people with things. Um, and it's a, something I've struggled with for a very long time. And every time I would try to work on it, I would get burnt. And so then I would be like, right, so we're about to square one <laughs> kind of thing. In life, there are going to be situations where, I mean, like obviously we're not the aficionado of everything. We cannot know everything. But when you are so accustomed to being independent or hyper-independent, I should say, more accurately, it can be extremely challenging to give control over. And I'm a Virgo chat, and you know, on a no say, we love to be in charge, <laughs> right? And not, I don't even know if it's that we love to be in charge. Sometimes I really would like to not be in charge, but it gives me anxiety when I think like, no, 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 that's not, that's not the way to do that thing. I think sometimes we can be a bit too idealistic, realistically speaking. And sometimes that serves us really well. And sometimes it's, 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 it's catastrophically tumultuous. But I can say this. So the process was, I won my first show, which was a really big accomplishment. But I didn't want to let it go to my head because I didn't want to become self-righteous. And I, didn't, I, I especially did not want to become complacent um, or... Or take anything for granted, which I guess they mean the same thing, but anyway. And what ended up happening is that I felt like my journey was too easy then stepping into my next prep. And I felt like I needed to create this this angst so that I could make sure that I did well. And I think in a sense, that is a bit of a compulsion for me where if I don't feel like things are difficult, then I feel like something is off and it won't go right. Because many of us have had to struggle to win but you don't always have to struggle to win in fact sometimes winning is just your birthright i don't know call it predestination call it preordination i mean i know but i know so that sometimes things just for you you understand so whatever ended up happening when there was actually ease initially i created chaos right because i mean i was being toxic in my own self relationship <laughs> right and I laugh, but that ain't funny. That's a hot ghetto mess. And it was extremely psychologically unhealthy. And then that became physically unhealthy. And it caused me to have very bad fibromyalgia flares. In addition to other things that were externally happening that were just a bit too much. So that said, I was not trusting my process. And I wasn't understanding that that ease that I was feeling was actually very, very important and would have benefited me a great deal in the long run. Because what I did was I worked myself into a stupor unnecessarily. I made an emotional mountain out of an emotional molehill or maybe even a non-existent hill. And I just went in so hard on myself that I just began to think, 
after a while I was like this isn't healthy but I'm so deep in the rabbit hole now that I don't even know how to pull myself out of it which essentially ended up at me crying to my coach four hours one night and I'm not a big crier it usually doesn't leave me feeling relieved I've cried twice in my life that made me really feel like restored or like recharged or like if I was able to let go of things and once was in like January of 2020 and once was that Monday of my last comp peak week and what I noticed was that I really and truly didn't need to create the atmosphere oh sorry guys I nearly fell down (laughs) I didn't need to create the atmosphere that I did I didn't need to be so harsh and brash towards myself as I was but I didn't know another way, right? I also lost my train of thought. Sorry. So if I'm not making sense, just forgive me. I'm going to get back on track though, (laughs) right? And I wasn't trusting the process. And I remember very late down or or maybe it was post-comp, a fellow athlete who's a pro athlete already and has been for years saying to me, no, prep should never be a challenge. Prep should be easy. And I just never thought prep should be easy. I was like, nah, if prep is easy, something's wrong. And I remember my coach saying to me, well, one of my coaches saying to me all the time, I don't want you to obsess about this. I just I just want you to think about other things. And I was like, but I like I like this, you know? And eventually he realized that, that was the that wasn't me obsessing. I really just do like it. But I also realized that to be true to his point or to 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 lean into his point, I really, 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 really needed to just trust the process and just trust that my body knew what it was doing and trust that my coaches knew what they were doing and trust that I had the ability to achieve all of the things that I was really, really seeking to achieve and that I, 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 I could win, that it wasn't so far fetched and out of my reach. But I, I created mess where there was none. And in doing so, I honestly made myself sick. You know, and I think that when I reflect upon it psychologically as well, it was a super unhealthy way to approach myself and to approach a competition because the night of the show, my body was flaring so badly with my fibromyalgia that I honestly felt like someone was like electrocuting me with a semi-automatic rifle that instead of shooting bullets was like shocking me, you know, and that was an awful feeling. And I was very grateful for that win. It'll probably be one of my most meaningful wins yet. But I'll always remember the fact that that was a prep that I made super difficult that really didn't need to be, you know, and I think in life, sometimes we do this, we think things need to be harder than they are, we complicate things, relationships, everything unnecessarily, you know, we'll get, we'll pray for this amazing partner who fulfills all of the attributes that we want and even more and we'll get them and we'll self-sabotage because we're not accustomed to it. Because some part of us feels like we're not deserving of something so beautiful, something so amazing, something so um, wonderful and so easy. And we'll do that with jobs. We'll do that with opportunities. We'll do that with our body, with binging and stuff. And, and you know, sometimes I used to think... Una nosa binge not something that we really deal with in the Caribbean, but una nosa it is, you know what I mean? And we binge on different things. Sometimes it's food, sometimes it's self-criticism. But if we learn to trust our process and we learn to recognize that what is for us is always coming to us, that we can truly manifest and pray things into existence and that we are deserving of these things, that when we receive these blessings, we, we, we will have the know-how to manage them. 
You know, we have to learn to trust ourselves just a little bit deeper. But more importantly, sometimes if we are not perfectly sure about trusting ourselves, we have to learn to trust the process. Because sometimes the universe gives us the exact team that we need to accomplish greatness. Before we've even thought about it, they're already being manifested. They're already coming into play. And we are so busy trying to micromanage and control everything that we're not realizing that everything has already been dealt with everything it's, it's, it's like if you go to a luxury hotel room and everything has already been paid for it's an it's an all-inclusive experience but we're so accustomed to staying at an airbnb that we don't understand the value of the all-inclusive experience that's been given to us so trust the process y'all because that that matters and that'll give you a lot of ease in life and the reality is is when your cortisol isn't spiking unnecessarily which is your stress hormone which is important, but you don't need to have it happening all the time. That's a problem, right? When your cortisol isn't spiking unnecessarily, when your serotonin is up, when your joy is up, you are able to accomplish beautiful things. You don't need to be the person who, you know, thinks nothing like the last minute to bring the best out of me. (laughs) You know what I mean? The angst doesn't need to be there for greatness to be achieved. Trust the process. Trust yourself resist the urge to self-sabotage i know i know and especially us BIPOC people child (laughs) let it go you deserve greatness sometimes you are greatness and the only thing stopping you from the greatness or the ease or the peace is yourself so please don't be your own glass ceiling trust the process trust the flow and last but certainly not least is a lesson that I learned in my first prep actually that really resonated with me and I really wanted to do a podcast about it. I attempted to do it about 20 times but <laughs> y'all done heard how the last prep went baby so let me tell you. But it was this. Everybody's good at something and I think judgment is something we really need to learn to let go of sometimes in the ways in which we allow it to take us over. Judgment is important, don't get me wrong. We need to have judgment in order to know who to trust, what to do, where to go, how to do it. You know what I mean? There's an inner guidance in us that is important and a part of that guidance is judgment. But somebody may be awful at one thing and phenomenal at another thing. And I think that is so, so important to take into consideration. The reason why I say that is this. There are so many people I've come across. I live on a very small island. If you're not from Barbados, it is really tiny. It's like coming from a small town, essentially. And, you know, the reality is there we hear about people we hear things we maybe have had experiences with people that are questionable but one thing i would say that i really learned and it was it was an, a lesson that i was very excited to learn all through that first prep and i continued to learn it as i i um evolved and lived through my second one and i'm sure i'll continue to learn it as i evolve and live my life but judgment for people is a very tricky thing because we really don't know what people are going through. For instance, looking at myself when I reflected on my um, actual competition, no one would know that I was in pain. Visually, you really couldn't see it unless you have some awareness of kinesiology and you know musculoskeletal conditions or connective tissue disorders. You really couldn't tell just like that, you know, to the layman's eye. To the untrained eye and even to the trained eye, I think a lot of people just weren't aware but it didn't mean that I wasn't struggling in fact I was struggling so much that upon leaving the stage and I, I don't say this for pity I'm just telling I'm just saying it it goes to show I burst into tears my entire body was just shaking and I 
felt so depleted. I, I don't even have words for it. Again, worked myself up into a stupor because, you know, thankfully I was victorious. But the truth is I was struggling and I was just trying my best to give it my all and just thinking, even if I don't take home the win that I really want to earn tonight, at least I know I gave my all. And that was a real definitive moment for me. But it was also a reminder of that lesson from the first prep. Everyone is not good at everything. Because you have met someone in position or situation A doesn't mean where they were awful. <laughs> doesn't mean that in situation B, C, D, down to X, Y, and Z, that they're not brilliant. Everybody has their strong points and everybody has their weaknesses. There are people who are wonderful friends, but they're awful partners and relationships. There are people who are phenomenal bosses, but terrible parents. There are people who are beautiful parents and awful bosses. And I could just keep going down the line, but I'm sure that you guys are getting the gist of what I'm trying to allude to. The reality is, is that everyone has a story. Everyone has a why behind who they are. And not everything is excusable or should be ignored. But I do think that when judging people, number one, we need to also look at ourselves because there could also be judgment played on us. We don't need to ascribe to that person's beliefs. We don't need to surround ourselves with them. But we also don't need to speak ill of them. Because sometimes we have these strong opinions or viewpoints or we are predisposed to have a certain outlook on someone when we really and truly have no understanding of their day-to-day reality or truth. And that's really one of the biggest reminders that I I took from me within that first prep. And it has really, really stuck with me. Be wary of what you say about people. Be wary of the judgment that you bring to people unnecessarily. I'm not talking about discerning judgment. I'm talking about like just gossipy judgment. You know, sometimes we see people doing things and we have no idea what their life has comprised of. We have no idea why they're doing those things. We have no idea of their hurt. We have no idea of their way of um, counteracting their, their traumas or their experience. And maybe some people are just born that way and they're just a hot ghetto mess.com. I'm not disputing that, but I'm saying that we really don't always know. And I'm sure that we've all been in a position where we wish that someone would have asked us rather than talked about us, you know, where we wish that someone would have taken the time to understand us rather than just to judge us. And so that's something that like, just, you know, as I go into to, to the rest of my life, that I am going to really try to focus on leaning into the possibility of a different narrative than the one that I've been attuned to. So that has really, really stuck with me. And um, yeah, I mean, I hope that you guys understand the value of that lesson. It really has shown me so much about people. It really has alluded so much to why people sometimes do the things that they do. And there, what is funny is that the, the reason why I learned that lesson really didn't have much to do with me finding out someone's truth. It was just being having a person painted in this specific picture to me that was really unsavory by multiple people time and time again for many years and then seeing them in a completely different scenario and watching how genius they were how caring how compassionate how meticulous they were and how much that other person you know that how much them doing well sorry guys i had to close the door how much it really meant to them. And you could see the effort that they put into it. You could see, um, you know, the care. And, and, and 
it really made me think of how many times I've probably mis- been misconstrued or how many times people have probably thought ill of me but then didn't give me a chance in another situation and I just thought you know that's the compassion I'd want to be shown to myself too everybody cannot like us everybody will not appreciate us everybody's not going to understand us but certainly there is a great level of value in not investing our energy in 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 judging people unnecessarily when we could just be looking at their strengths and optimizing that rather than leaning into their weaknesses and making like gossip mongers out of ourselves as a result of it um so I say that with a pinch of salt because obviously there are exceptions to every rule in fact I say most things with a pinch of salt because again there are exceptions to every rule but I also say it because it's important to recognize that you know we are none of us are masters of everything you know and none of us are masters of nothing and we all have our strengths we all have our weaknesses and people sometimes may not be our knight in shining armor or our prince charming or even our cup of tea but that does not mean that they're not a brilliant brilliant addition to someone else's life or to someone else's situation or job and I have really been humbled in that thought process so we're going to close off this episode here today I just want to Thank you guys so much for taking the time to connect with me on my podcast once again. Of course, please like, share, follow, subscribe. And also share the little thing there up on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you guys want to share it to your friend upon WhatsApp. I mean, I care, just share. But thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to my journey. And I hope these lessons though learned through a specific area of my life can be of service to you in multiple areas of your lives as well. Um, I have leaned into podcasts so many times to learn things about life. I've leaned into vlogs so many times to learn things about life and I'm really grateful for other people sharing their stories with me um, so that I can learn and do better and maybe have a little bit of an upper hand in certain situations. So I always hope that when I do put these things out, that it does have a positive impact and more importantly, an empowering impact on somebody out there. So whether it's one or a million people, once it serves, um, I'm grateful. Truthfully, I like when it's more people though, because like I said, I'm really competitive. So let me not even lie but as always thank you so much my beauties and bees for taking the time to listen remember to wake up as your most authentic selves at any time we can wake up to truth to bring exactly what you have to the table serve it up on a platter and make it matter do not count yourselves out trust the process do not be your own glass ceiling and limit yourself in ways that are unnecessary let go of self-sabotage it's a really difficult urge to resist at times but it is so necessary and important that we do not sabotage ourselves. And of course, my beauties and beasts, try not to judge people because we do not know their backstory or where they come from. Love yourself, trust your process. And I don't remember what the first point was that I made, but nonetheless, hopefully you guys do. And I want to thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Tune in for the next episode.